Welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast, where filmmakers become entrepreneurs. With my dad, he's a dork. Hi, and welcome to the Film Trooper Podcast. I'm your host, Scott McMahon, and this is the podcast where we try to help filmmakers become entrepreneurs. Today's episode is sponsored by the new book, How to Make and Sell Your Film Online and Survive the Hollywood Implosion While Doing It. Will there be an implosion? Well, two years ago, Steven Spielberg was quoted as saying, there's going to be an implosion, mega-budget movies are going to go crashing to the ground, and that's going to change the paradigm. So if it does happen, you might as well know how to survive it, especially if you are the uber-independent filmmaker. Again, that's the new book, How to Make and Sell Your Film Online and Survive the Hollywood Implosion While Doing It, and you can pick it up at survivetheimplosion.com. Okay, so today's episode is part two of my interview with Alex Ferrari over at Indie Film Hustle, which he just launched about a month ago. So definitely go over and check out IndieFilmHustle.com. It's a terrific site. It looks great. The artwork, the design work that Alex puts into what he does is just top notch. In case you missed the first part of the interview, I'd recommend going back and checking it out before we start up here. (laughs) Anyway, and we pick up where we left off on the last episode where we were talking about George Lucas. Here it is, part two of my interview with Alex Ferrari over at Indie Film Hustle here on the Film Trooper podcast. He built this gigantic empire, obviously, and there's so many lessons to be learned, business, uh, perspective, storytelling, uh, what he's given back to the community in terms of film community, in terms of technology, is just outstanding, amazing. And then you have like, I'm going to say Robert Rodriguez is to me like a smaller scale because he was able to say, I'm going to build my little empire in Austin. He's got a little, you know, he's able to do what he wants to do to make his films. And for me personally, you know, I used to live in Southern California and I'm up here in Portland, Oregon now. And I have a dream of going smaller. Like I like the concept of all your film gear is in your backpack. And I like the idea you can live anywhere and make your film anywhere and then upload it online and sell it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, and I like finding models like that and, and finding artists that are so comfortable in that little world. And, you know, because we do. We Sometimes I, I bump into other film people and, you know, there's some people, you know – want to leave los angeles you know they oh, want I, you, I, you know I, I, I want i want to go tomorrow i want to leave tomorrow <laughs> I, I when you said portland oregon i'm like oh i'm so envious <laughs> property taxes are low <laughs> you know like you can actually yeah. purchase you could purchase a home up there you know yeah you know things like that yeah you know, I, I mean i have a family too i have i have twin girls um and uh and my wife so we, we've we've thought i thought about it like okay so how are we because you know to, to to live here it's I mean, did, mm. did you live in L.A. or did you live in... I lived in somewhere? San Diego and then worked... I traveled back and forth between L.A. and San Diego. And so I knew a lot of people in L.A. So, it was, you know, the difference was was because I didn't have to get myself consumed in the L.A. think tank. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be like this bubble where mm-hmm. you get lost in the hype and you're not too sure if anything's actually happening. But right. when I'd leave the bubble, because I would, you know, at time drive back home to San Diego, it gave me that perspective, which you know, led me to this path of our family moving to Portland um, mm-hmm. because it was like my goal is to like, I just want to create stuff, find the community that appreciates it so that, well, that I can learn from them so I can mm-hmm. make something better, but mm-hmm. build a business system online around this parameters. And that way I'm not beholden. Like there's no, you know, I'm aware of the, the, the Hollywood system but i'm also aware of it changing so much but oh. like it's one of those things like i don't i too it's like it you know if something happened 
I will be better prepared, or at least I wouldn't be feel like I would be holding to it. I want to be in that place where whatever I make, if something, if an offer happens, you know, with an outside entity, I can really look at it without emotion to see mm-hmm. whether or not it's a good fit Correct. to jump into, but not feel desperate like, oh my God, this is the only thing that's happening. I've got to take it. Uh, and and I love this YouTube generation where mm-hmm. the studio systems are, you know, trying to de- develop like a digital arm of their, you know, studio. They're, tr- they're trying. They're yeah, trying. It's, it's so, I mean, oh God, like... I mean, the YouTube stuff. I mean, I see some of these guys who are putting out YouTube videos weekly, mm-hmm. uh, whether they be creative narrative stuff or other things. And they have these massive followings, massive enough yeah. that they're making four, five, six, seven, ten grand a month just on advertising, let alone all this other stuff that they do uh, selling merch and stuff like that. And they're building they're building their empire. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have. To, and I think that's the thing a lot of people are at least smarter, smart filmmakers are starting to figure out. You don't need to be Robert Rodriguez. You don't need millions and millions and millions of dollars. You don't need to be George Lucas. Um, you don't have to go for that. And and like that's a that's George Lucas's business model is impractical because no one else has ever done it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just put that out there. Well, okay? and also because so, once the studios, you know, oh no, they, they got they, too smart. It, it was yeah. a, it was a moment in time that he opened the door and he shut it right behind him. Yeah. Like it was done. It was done. The studio will never let that happen again. Hmm. Robert Rodriguez built a slightly different model, um, working within the studio system, but staying independent, and that's a real weird, you know, to the point now he owns his own channel, like yeah. his own his own real channel, which I love this channel, um, and he has a, a a model that nobody else has done, to to my knowledge, at his level. Now, right. but smaller versions of what Robert do, has done is everywhere. Everywhere, like I have that version here. I've got a camera, I've got post, I've got visual effects. I, you know, I, I can get a crew together. You know, I don't have a studio, um, but, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. So, um, I think the smarter people are starting to figure out that building those smaller communities to be able to support you is the future. And I, I know that the studios are trying to get in, and they're trying to muscle their way in. But <laughs> but people are too too smart now. Like. You know, there's Amazon, there's Netflix. I mean, I always like using the um, the blockbuster uh, analogy. Uh, anytime someone's like hesitant to move forward in any aspect, from like I had DPs, friends of mine, who were like, "I'm gonna shoot film." I'm like, "You're a dinosaur. You need to stop. You're gonna be blockbuster, and and don't be stupid." I understand you love film. And that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. But um, but this is where the future is going. You have to be able to get on board. If not, you're going to die. And a friend of mine told me, he goes, you know, there was a one time there was this guy who made the whip, the the buggy whip for for um, for horse buggies, you know, to move the horses forward, you know, while you're moving in a horse buggy. And he was really good at it. And he made a lot of money selling those buggy whips. But he didn't think about the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you have to think about, the future and you you can't be blockbuster you know blockbuster had an opportunity to buy netflix crazy. crazy for like for like 200 million bucks blockbuster could own netflix now you know and they decided nah we're good we're blockbuster yeah and yeah. and the rest as they say is history it happens and we're seeing it you know come faster and faster um Ugh. with the industry so b- that we were talking about the youtube stars i think what's 
fascinating about that, like you said, is these stars, uh, these young stars, they own their audience. And it is mm-hmm. interesting to see like these studios come in and they're try- trying to like cash yeah. in off that leverage, them, yeah. leverage. But the reality is I can almost see these YouTube stars like, that's cool. I'll make something for the studio, whatever. Like they can take it or leave it. Oh, I, I know one of them. I know one of them personally. Um, uh, I worked with on as a music video. Um, his name, oh God, he does three equals uh, three equals something. Oh God, I don't know. He's been around since two thousand six. He has over two and a half or three billion views. Mm-hmm. He's one of the top twenty YouTubers. Uh, e e e equals three. I think it's called the show. It was just him on YouTube on a, on, on a little corner of a room somewhere. Um, critiquing three of the best uh, viral videos of the week. Yeah, that was it. That was it. He's been offered Comedy Central shows, uh, features, things like that. He goes, "No, nah, I don't want it." He literally just flat out like, "I'm good." I'm yeah, good. But I, I'm making I'm making a hundred grand a month. <laughs> Why do I need you? Exactly to tell me what to do. You that know, that was like a PewDiePie, like oh, uh, the number one. Oh, it, Jesus, that like, guy. I can't believe that situation. Well, that's crazy because they, you know, they had like, they want to do like a, a cross and tie in with like some Star Wars stuff or whatever. And they came to his house and, and they said the, the film crew, everybody was upset because it was like him in his little room. Like he didn't have an infrastructure for no. people to change. And he was kind of like, what are you guys doing here? Like they, it was so beyond them, like the, uh, like the studio system or something or they like. They couldn't understand how to yeah. do it. Yeah. So. Actually, yeah. They just, they didn't get, it. it's the same thing when. A movie like Blair Witch hit. They couldn't, or, or even, um, even let's go back even farther. Um, Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. When Easy Rider hit, the studio system had no idea what to do. Like none. Like just couldn't even comprehend. Like they just went out this and made this for three hundred grand and became a monster hit. You know, and the studio system was completely rocked. Yeah. And same thing with Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction when that came out. You know, those kind of movies. And Robert, of course, with his, uh, you know, legendary uh, El Mariachi. So, yeah, the studio had no idea how to do it. And I think the studio is always behind. The t- they're always behind the curve. Yeah. Always behind the curve. And they, they just throw money at these situations to try to catch up. But they can't. You, you, I, you know, I don't see Paramount going on, on YouTube anytime soon. Uh, though they should. They, they, they haven't had a hit in a while. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you go, but like, you know, can you imagine Warner Brothers with a channel on YouTube right now? I, I think that's the future. You have to. You have to be able to do that. You have to reach that audience. You have to reach, you know, but these guys who have been able to build up their audiences, they don't care about the studio. And that whole, there's a generation of these guys coming up. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how old you are, but I'm assuming you're in close age to me. Yeah, I'm in my uh, 40s. Yeah, exactly. So we came up in a very different time um, where it was all about the studio system. The independence didn't come up until the 90s. Right. Um, so, I mean, it was all started with basically Sex, Lies, and Videotape was the first big yeah. blowout. That's when yep. Sundance kind of made its thing and all that. There's a generation coming up that like, oh, I have an iPhone. I'm just going to go make a movie. Like, yeah. that's it. Whether it's good or not, that's a question. That's another question altogether. <laughs> There's always that whole thing of the craft that yeah. a lot of this, a lot of the younger generation doesn't take time to do. Um, but for those who do, and they have the technology and they can build that audience, they can make a living. And they're just like, I don't need a lot of money. I don't need to be a billionaire. You know, if I'm making five, six grand, ten grand, and I'm 22 a month, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. You know, to start. And then if they keep doing it, you know, that's going to rise in the next five years. You know, so. 
it's a it, the world's changing so so rapidly in the independent film market. Um, that uh, did you you know um, Jason uh, from Film Stuff, right? Uh, yeah, Brewmaker. Yeah, yeah. yeah Brewmaker. Yeah. yeah, I've never met him. Um, I hope too soon. But uh, I'll introduce you to, introduce you to him. I think you guys speak really well. So yeah, yeah, he's I know he's in town as well. Um, but he did that movie uh, Camp um, Camp Dakota, right? Yeah, they his the when he was working with Chill, right? Brilliant! I've heard the whole process of how he did that. He leveraged YouTube stars to yeah. sell things digitally. That was absolutely brilliant. And then he's become this rock star um, in the in the in the distribution world because the distributors had no idea what to do. They're like, "What? Who, yeah, who's, who's that? Who's this guy? I'm like, this guy you know, might might not be Eric Roberts, Michael Madsen, or Danny Trejo, <laughs> uh, who has international appeal, but they've got three million followers." Yeah. And out of those three million followers, maybe five grand of them will get to pay a hundred dollars a pop yeah. for their package, if not more. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they leveraged it and it became a huge success. And that's also the future. I think that business model is absolutely brilliant. I I I my tip my hat my tip my hat. I was like, wow. I couldn't even believe how uh, amazing that idea was. I never even thought about it till he brought it up. I was like, and now he's I'm, that's a business model that you can do, leveraging star and now also even when you're an actor now the first question is not you know what have you done like what's your follow- what's your following like, <laughs> yeah what's your how- engagement right what's your engagement how much twitter do you have how many facebook followers do you have how many instagram followers do you have and, and so on so um and actually i'm working on um uh, i'm going to be working on a course believe it or not i'm not trying to plug anything but go for the, it, <laughs> it goes, that's all right. but i'm going to plug it no no I'm gonna, i haven't even started even designing this yet but um I started doing techniques on how to build my online following um, quickly and um, and and legitimately, which I mean, everyone knows you can go out and buy 5,000, you know, YouTube subscribers or Facebook. But the way you could always see if that's real or not is just look at the engagement. Just look, are they talking? Are they talking back? You know, if you got 50 or 100,000 followers and you've got two likes, probably not the real stuff. As, yeah. a general, as a general statement. So I've been designing, I, I, I kind of put together this course and um, not this course, this program that I've been doing to get my Twitter and Instagram up. And uh, I've, in three weeks, I've gotten 2,300 20, Instagram followers, all real people that are all film industry. Oh, people. very cool. And then Twitter, I've gotten up to uh, almost 2000 in about two weeks and all film people. And I'm using certain techniques of doing that. So I'm going to put together a course to kind of help filmmakers build up their, their followings because it's so valuable. Facebook is a little bit more of a mystery to me. It's a lot harder to get real Facebook fans though. I just, I just, um, did something that got, uh, I actually posted something this weekend that went viral. I couldn't. It's the first time I've ever posted anything that went viral. Was this the um, the yep. Stanley Kubrick one or yep, the that, Spielberg one? No, the Stanley Kubrick. The, the the Spielberg one went a little bit, but the Kubrick one. Do you know how much engagement I've gotten off that? Yeah, I've been watching. I've been trending, and I thought I thought to myself like, "This is brilliant." Very. I mean, I was very impressed. Like, oh, this is yeah, it makes sense. You know, because you tapped into a psyche, and then you had a visual, and you allowed people to add to the discussion not knowing not necessarily knowing where it came from but it was it was yeah it was really well done i, I appreciate it and i would love to take full credit for that <laughs> there you go, full. i had no idea that was gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> i literally was just like hey let me 
let me post this a couple places. Let's see what happens. It wasn't a master, like, like anything in my career, it wasn't a master plan. But once I saw what was happening, then I doubled down on it. I'm like, okay. It has been viewed. Um, I have, I have, I don't have my, uh, I don't want to, let me see, hold on a second. I'll tell you exactly how many times it's viewed now. I'm going to estimate it over, it's over 130,000. Wow. Over wow. 130,000 views and um, it's, now I have to go. Hold on a second. Let me type it up real quick. So I want to give you. Because you posted a bunch of different groups. So then that, right? And then yeah. just let, let it just fly from there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, it posted from a, I posted it in a handful of groups, and then uh, on my Twitter, it kind of went its own way as well. Mm -hmm. And I posted it in a few other places uh, as well. But let me see here. Uh, but I couldn't believe the engagement it got. Like I was like, "Holy cow!" So my 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 um my uh, Facebook page got a big bump. I doubled my Facebook likes in a day. Okay. Uh, okay. Because of that, uh, which is not a lot, because I had a um, hundred fifty. You know, like I had hundred ninety. So I'm at four hundred and change now. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they're real people. They're people who want my content. Who people who are interested in hearing what I have to say. Um, at currently one hundred thirty-seven thousand people reached and seventeen point three thousand clicks, post clicks. That's fantastic. And it's interesting because I actually see it's weird. I've seen this uh, letter before, but the way you, the, the, this is interesting what you did for those who need to look at it. Um, it's a it's a letter from uh, Stanley Kubrick, basically just standing his ground in two thousand one um, in a very boisterous way. <laughs> yes, but you, the way you per, you have the image below, but you have the headline above, which was essentially saying like this is why he's one of the ba badass most badass directors of all time. Which it, I truly believe. Yeah, too funny. But basically, you set it up for a discussion, and then people read it, and then they discuss it. I've seen it. I've seen this picture before, or this this letter before. But it was just simply the the way somebody addressed it was like, "This is funny or interesting." Like the way I think one of the things that it, I, that was brilliant about it was simply this is what you said. You said this is why Stanley Kubrick was the most badass director of all time. Read how a director speaks to a studio head. Too funny. I don't know if it's real, but fun to think it is. And keep going. And then you have a call of action, which is fantastic. You have a call of action that says, keep the indie film hustle going. And then your link to your site, indiefilmhustle.com. Mm -hmm. Now, that is, because I'm right now I'm like halfway reading this book, uh, David Ogilvy on Ogilvy on yeah, uh, advertising, yeah. which is sure, sure. I know that book. I know yeah. that book, yeah. yeah and book. I look at what you're creating in terms of your posts, uh, beautiful graphics, and you're oh, thank you. promoting the indie film hustle. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. So, you know, full disclosure, I might start, you know, retooling my some of my graphics <laughs> only because, see, no, honestly, seeing what you're doing and then reading this book by David Ogilvy, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could totally see like how my stuff was like, uh, yeah, 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 this doesn't quite work. Maybe I should do this. Then seeing like the engagement you got, it was like, oh man, I honestly, I was like, son of a bitch, he did it. Check that out. See, because seeing it just, this is like, I saw this happen after I, I contacted you. Said, hey, you want to be come on the podcast? And then I've been following your stuff and then this thing really took off. But yeah, definitely. That's a, that's the course comes up, you know, let us know and I will, you know, promote it as I you're ready to roll. That. I appreciate that, my friend. I'm, I'm probably about two or three months away from it because my goal is to get 10,000 uh, followers in, within 10 weeks. So that's my goal, which I'm on on course to do that. Are you uh, followers on Facebook and Facebook, twi Twitter? No, that's uh, the the two I'm going to focus on is 
uh, Instagram and Twitter because those okay, are the two okay. that I that those are the two that I can really generate. Like yesterday, I generated 300 followers on Twitter, and these are all film people and how mm-hmm. I did that. And then Instagram, I'm, I, I generate probably about 50 to 100 a day uh, as well. Facebook, I, I don't want to sell something I can't. Really yeah, do. you got to pay to play in Facebook. Unfortunately, it's to a certain extent yeah. because obviously now with this thing that went viral, mm-hmm. I couldn't. You know how much money it would have cost to get this kind of exposure? Yeah, it, it would have cost hundreds of dollars to get to what to, to one hundred and thirty-seven thousand. I have never been involved with anything like that. Like it's yeah. like that's that's that was that was craziness. Um, and to go back to what you're saying about how I present indie film hustle and the kind of posts I do and things like that. I come from a I come from a marketing background in the sense that I've been doing commercials and uh, and promos and stuff like that for a long time. Uh, even one of the reasons why Broken was su- successful was because of how I presented it, and that's one thing that a lot of filmmakers don't get. They have to understand that design and and presentation means so so much, especially in a world that we're diluted with information. So you need something to kind of set you apart. And design is that. Mm-hmm. So if it's perfect example. You go to a store, you look at three can openers. Which is the can opener you're going to go towards? You're going to go towards the one that is the well-designed one, the one that's cool, the one that's fun to hold. Apple knows this very well. You know, Apple is the king of that. Um, so design is so important when just selling yourself, selling your product, your brand, or selling um, your film specifically. And um, if you go to my old site, uh, it's still up, uh, whatisbroken.com, uh, which was the um, – and yes, you may join Indie Film Hustle, sir. <laughs> did, you see, did you see the something? <laughs> I'm online talking to you, but you're like, it just popped up then? <laughs> yes, you can join, sir. I'll, I will approve you in a second. Uh, <laughs> funny. Um, with uh, I, was, I lost my train of thought. Oh, I'm sorry, sorry. You were talking about the old site. What happened? Oh yeah. So if you go to whatisbroken.com, okay. Um, that's my old flash site for Broken. Now it looks clunky and weird and completely not what today's standards look like. Mm-hmm. But there's also a my play, MySpace thing on here. <laughs> Just kidding. Exactly, man. That's how old it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you go to that, first of all, look at the URL. The URL was called whatisbroken.com. Mm-hmm. Not broken the short, not broken this. And I stole that strictly from whatisthematrix.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was asking a question and intrigued people automatically just by the presentation of, um, of how I sold it. Then when they go there, there's this mysterious place, and then I t- punt a ton of credits on there. Every single article had a link. I put every article, put every review. We, re- we were reviewed over god at least over 200 to 300 uh, different websites from around the world and we were uh, and we had articles another 250,000 you know, 100 or whatever articles written about this the movie we got into print ads yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. it it was a monster thing for a little indie film to the point that people still talk about it to me and and if i go on life you type in broken in my name uh, alex ferrari and google You'll find it. Don't talk about Alex Ferrari alone because unfortunately there is a Brazilian rapper named Alex Ferrari. <laughs> and I'm really pissed about it and I want my front page of Google back. <laughs> so I am the number one I still am the number one search term. Like I'm the number I'm the top, my my website's number one. But I'm like, oh you see he's a he's a he's like one of those big ass rappers. Like all is all you see is like, you know, girls in thongs and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, my goal with my SEO is to take back my Google page. <laughs> <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, so that's a little bit of, of 
how I'm doing the marketing and uh, that website that that you see in the film hustle, I designed it completely 100% by myself. Um, and I learned how to do it on WordPress. I have a complete tutorial on, on my site on how I built it. Um, the tools I used, everything, you know, options of how to build a good, good site for your film, uh, either doing WordPress or going into like the Wix, Wix.com drag mm. and drop way, which is, is, you know, I did a couple sites on that before I went on to the other way. So there's options, but, um, long term, I always say WordPress is probably the best. Yeah. I'm sure you're, you're on WordPress, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the most, inf- the, the infrastructure is amazing. The, the back end is awesome and you could do a lot with it depending on the plugins you use and stuff like that. And I always figured uh, if I had to hire somebody later to like take it, it's not like this foreign you know, coding structure or something. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, I gotcha. I'll just change yeah. the theme out here and fix this. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But if you ever wanted to change yours, use a plugin called Beaver Builder. Yeah, I saw that on your resource page. Dude, yeah. it's it's awesome, man. It's like that's the reason I was able to build it. I literally, it's a drag and drop situation. Hmm. So you just create your logo. I'm a I'm a designer, a graphic designer, so I've yeah. been able to do all the my graphics. But you create your 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 assets. And then you just go, you just drag and drop and you link and you backlink and then everything's set up for SEO like automatically. So you start building up, you know, authority on Google and all that kind of stuff fairly quickly. So um, if you ever want to, you know, update your site and you don't want to pay somebody um, yeah. to do it and have complete control, I'm, I'm a control freak. Like anytime I had to, <laughs> anytime I had technical stuff, like with the, with technical stuff, like I, I want to be able to just jump into my website and change it like instantly. I don't want to call somebody, pay them 50 bucks, make a change the code. I want to understand everything. And I'm not a WordPress expert by any stretch. I can't code for anything, <laughs> but I know enough to do what I was able to do. Right, right. And make it clean enough and load, load properly. And you know how, the, you know how that all that whole thing goes. Yeah. Sweet. No, yep. this is amazing. So, um, yeah. And like, like I said, you're how quickly you've ramped up, but everything you have in place, it's very inspiring. Cause it's like, Oh, cool. <clears throat> um, and seeing where you're going, what your story is and what you, what you're offering to the community. Um, I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, where you blow up and hopefully you'll find that where this thing you build Indie film hustle will give you that, that, essentially sort of financial freedom that if you and your family wanted to leave, you could, you know, um, trust me. Um, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> Oregon is one of those, one of the States on our list. I'll have to talk to you more about, uh, Oregon later. Uh, but, <laughs> well, right now, like, you know, right now my main, you know, my wife has her job and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, and I have my, my post, my post facility, which I can't move somewhere right now. Like yeah. if I move to Oregon with my, I, I can't get the kind of volume of work. Oh no, no. Here. Yeah. It's, um, and you were asking me earlier. Um, uh, I think you were asking me earlier uh, off, off, off the off the interview. Uh, what was going on in L.A. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And if it's you know what what the deal is with L.A. because a lot of people don't live in L.A. and I didn't. I came from a, I came as an outsider uh, uh, from Florida. You know, yeah. I, I made my bones in Florida and then came out here. And when I came out here, I. Do you have? Do, I don't want to go long. Do we have enough time? I tell you. Go for stuff. it. Go for yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to keep talking. Talking. I don't want to overstay <laughs> my welcome. Sorry. Um, but I came out to L.A. I knew three people. Uh, my wife, who wasn't my wife at the time, she was my girlfriend at the time. She followed me. And that's why she became my wife. Uh, <laughs> I always told her, I'm like, if that was that was the test. If you came out, I, the ring was in my pocket. <laughs> and she did. She's like, you're lucky I came. I'm like, I know you are, my dear. <laughs> so uh, we came out here. We knew three people. Um, and I had about 
10 years, 12 years at the time behind me in the, in the business. So, um, or more than that, actually, like 15 years, maybe, uh, in the business. So I had a, a resume, I had reels, I had a production company, I had a, a post company, uh, I had broken and, and a few other projects I had behind my belt. So I had something, I didn't show up with nothing. And then, um, the one thing I did do, cause I always, I always like to plan ahead and it goes along with that whole kind of hustle, uh, aspect of, of my life. Um, I knew that I was like, look, I'm going to show up. I'm not sure if I'm going to get, when I'm going to be able to get to work, who's going to hire me. I basically had a final cut system set up and a color system set up in my, uh, in a second bedroom of my home, of my apartment that I rented Yeah, and just went on to mandy.com and Craigslist and just started, you know, trolling well, for, for work. You're hustling. I, you're hustling. I was hustling. I was hustling. Um, and by the way, this on a side note, hustling, I think everybody on the planet hustles. The hustle never finishes. You you hustle till the day you die. Yeah. But the hustle changes. That's all it does. So, you know, Ron Howard had to hustle money for Rush. Yeah, he did. He'd never David, done that before. Yeah. David Fincher had to. No, but even, even when they're giving money, you still yeah. have to hustle it. You still <laughs> go in. You've got to pitch it. You've got to. You know, hustle the actors. You, you you always have to hustle in one way, shape, or form. Some of us have harder hustles than others, but everyone hustles. Even Spielberg took him forever to get Lincoln done. Mm -hmm. He had to hustle that. He had to hustle it, and he's Steven freaking Spielberg. David Fincher just got dumped from, uh, or he left the uh, HBO. Yeah. You know, he left the Steve Jobs movie because why? He didn't. They didn't want to do what he wanted, so he left. He even has to hustle. I mean, so. That concept of hustling is 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 a core belief of mine that we all have to hustle in one way, shape, or form. Um, so uh, we get here, and the one thing I said was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to be able to do, so I'm going to be able to I'm going to try to sell something while I'm here. So what I did was I discovered that um, you remember Hollywood Video, of course. Yeah. Hollywood Video was going out of business, um, precursor to the blockbuster going down, and in Florida, um, I, there was one by my house. And they went. It was a big going out of business. And so I walked in and I bought like, I don't know, maybe ninety dollars worth of used DVDs. <laughs> Nothing big, you know, just, just some, you know, random titles. No big titles, just like some obscure stuff. I'm like, ah, you know. And my wife was like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm gonna sell these. Just let me do my thing. Um, I've been I've been hustling since I was six, man. I had my first garage sale when I was nine. I mean, that's just <laughs> not I am. So I put it on Amazon, and within a few weeks, I made um, about nine hundred dollars. Wow. Selling. Okay, I see what you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then my wife said, "Oh crap, he's onto something here." <laughs> so I go, "You know what? Let's go." Because it was a little tough at the time in the film industry. Can you imagine? You know, two thousand. I don't know when it was 2006, 2007. Oh, right when the implosion. The before economy. the no, yeah, we, it was right before it. But right, we moved. We moved to LA three months before. <laughs> You're like, yay! <laughs> yeah, no, no, and I'll tell you what happened afterwards. But so we get, so we go out and we buy a ton of. I, I mean, I went to. I, we hit every single Hollywood video right. in, in Miami and Fort Lauderdale, and we spent, I don't know, seven, seven or eight grand on our credit cards. Uh, and then I went on to sell. That was how we were making a living at the time <laughs> because I could not find post work or anything back then. So I started selling DVDs online, and I made off of that seven grand. I probably made twenty, twenty grand, something like that. Yeah. Off of it. So that's not bad. So good, you know. I owned my house at the time, and I made everything. So two months before, or a month before, we were leaving to LA. The big Hollywood video, right? 
across the street from me is going out of business. And I said, oh yeah, we're doubling down on this one. I went in early and I went to the manager. I'm like, I need you to shut the store down. I'm going to spend about 10 grand here today. <laughs> and he's like, yes, sir. Get everybody else out. I go, I want first dibs on everything. And I just grabbed video games, everything you could imagine, top tier titles, everything. And I packed, I don't know how many DVDs we got, some Blu-rays. I don't even know if we had Blu-rays, but I think it was DVDs and video games and stuff like that. Packed them all up and literally there was like three or four huge boxes that we shipped over to LA. And I said to my wife, well, at least we know we can make money with this while we're waiting for work. Yeah. And we, and we went on to make about 30 grand with that. <laughs> and hustled that for a while. And and then we kept doing that even, but the funny thing is I didn't even need to do that because I had, when I landed, I had a feature film to edit and cut, to edit in color. And I had an old client of mine call me who's a remote client to do a job. So I literally landed in LA with jobs waiting for me. I literally was just like, how fast can you get your system up? So I was very lucky because I just happened to get this job in Florida. And they're like, oh, we live in LA. I'm like, well, I'm moving next week to LA. Like, great, this is perfect. <laughs> and it all kind of worked together. And my wife got a job in like three weeks and, and we were off and running. But uh, the only tips I say for people who um, want to come out here to LA, my your skill set will improve tenfold. Hmm. It's like, I'm gonna say it's like uh, it's like dog years. For every one year you're here, it's like seven years of experience. If you're working, if you're pushing, if you're hustling, because the amount of work here is immense from anywhere else in the world, as far as film work is concerned. There, other than maybe Bollywood. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's immense. The kind of people you're working with um, are much more qualified. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of idiots out here too, but. Um, there are, but generally, the quality of people, the quality of clients, the quality of filmmaker out here—they're sharper. They, there's more access here. Here, you can walk down the street and hit 40 post houses and a couple camera houses. You know, like there's so much information here. It's you know, I went to go see Lawrence of Arabia in 70 millimeter down the street. You know, like yeah, yeah. you don't get that anywhere else. So you will gain a lot of a lot of experience here and boost your toolbox as you will like my toolbox exploded when i got here mm -hmm. for someone who wants to hustle la is a great place for someone who doesn't want to hustle this town will destroy you <laughs> it, without even question it's just brutal 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 uh so that's that's my advice if you do want to come out here i think i think filmmakers in general would benefit from coming out here for even even a couple years if they can afford it because you'll get exposed to things that you won't get exposed in another place in the country. You know, you just won't get exposed to the kind of technology, the kind of clients, the kind of things there. And everybody made their bones here. You know, Scorsese came out here, worked here. He lives in New York and works in New York now. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez spent out a couple of years here. Um, uh, M. Night Shyamalan, before, uh, he came, before he moved everything to Philadelphia, he came out here. Everybody lives, everyone, you know, um, comes out here and does some time. As it called it, you know, yeah, yeah. some time, build those connections, get that experience and then go off and do your own thing. If you can afford it, it's great. If not, there's still a million different ways to build up that experience and that toolbox outside of L.A. But L.A., I feel and New York, too. Don't get me wrong. New York is also another great place to do that, um, to build that toolbox very fast. But the difference between New York and L.A. is if the film industry left New York, New York is New York. It's not going to go away. If right. the film industry left L.A., the entire city would implode, in my opinion, because the film, the business is the city is built around the business. Yeah. And uh, interesting enough, I mean, you're from the South, from Florida, and a lot of stuff I, is... I, I would like, not the South, 
but maybe just because Florida stops being the South after Orlando. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. You're right. <laughs> it's a whole other world. Not that there's anything wrong with being from the South, but Florida, like, it's so not the South. There you go. That makes sense. From Orlando down. Now, Miami, are you kidding me? Someone from Jacksonville and someone from Miami are completely two different. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There's actually... Uh, Stacy Parks, who's uh, runs filmspecific.com. She's a former sales agent and has been running for, you know, 10 years now. Uh, does a fantastic job helping filmmakers navigate the film market world, you know, building the financing package and all that kind of stuff and, right. and getting ready. But she's also from Florida as well. She's a Miami Dolphin fan. So there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, too, am a very sad Miami Dolphin fan. I'm a, <laughs> a Dolphin fan. I... Uh, we, I, I've been to Prince since 1985, basically. <laughs> it's, just, it's the saddest thing to be a Dolphin fan. Anytime I see a Dolphin fan, like a hat somewhere in L.A., which they do exist, I'll go, Dolphin fan, I feel you. And they just, automatically just go, yeah, I know, man. Eh, baby, oh, yeah. maybe this year, who knows. It's the curse of Marino. <laughs> it's done. It's been done. You know, Jimmy Johnson screwed us. But anyway, <laughs> it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. So uh, I was just curious, like with all the, uh, the, you know, like Hollywood North being Vancouver in Canada. Mm -hmm. And then there's also Georgia as well, you know, which is uh, accelerating their growth. Exploding. Exploding. Yeah. You know what the feeling like is in Hollywood at that point, you know? Um, Well, I think, I think, I think Hollywood in general is, uh, well, Hollywood in general will go wherever the money is. So. It was it was Louisiana for a mm-hmm. while, and now Louisiana cut their their benefits, their tax incentives off. So now it's Georgia. Yeah, and now Georgia's become, and then also because uh, Tyler Perry's there, he also you know has a huge infrastructure, and he's an amazing filmmaker. business model film, filmmaker to look at. Like, what oh. model did he do that people can look to as an example? Yeah, that that man, what he was able to do, he literally took his plays as a writer on the road. <laughs> calls it they call it the uh the chitlin the chitlin um it's actually called that that's what he calls it the the chitlin road or something like that mm-hmm. it's like we're all in that in the south where all these plays would be played you know in the, in the olden days so he would go down that road and that's how he played it and then he started just hustle he you want to talk about hustle holy cow yeah that man and he's one of the richest guys in hollywood he has complete control of everything and he's got a he's got a mini george lucas scenario going on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he owns his property and he's in a niche though that's his niche he's not mass market certain extent he's mass market if he does a medea movie he gets a little bit more mass market yeah but he has his niche of followers um so it's like what we've been talking about but amped up on steroids like he completely amped up to another place where he has a, have you ever seen his facility I've only seen it, you know, not like in person. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you seen the aerials like of the stage? He's got full blown Hollywood stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's massive. It's bigger than Robert's stuff. Like yeah. it's, he's got it's. Oh, my God. It's insane. Well, you know, he, he when he worked with Ed Burns, Ed Burns was asking him, like, you know, basically, how did you do all this stuff? And, you know, Tyler was like, look, man. Because I just found my niche and I doubled down on it and I doubled down on it. Like he just, he said basically, I supersized everything about my niche. He goes, he goes, for you, Ed, he goes, what happened to those Irish brothers? Yep. Like he said, he basically, yep. you know, spun Ed's head around like, oh my God, like I had this thing that was this specific niche that I could have just supersized it. Yep. He yeah. could have been that guy. He yeah. could have been that guy. And, um, you know, there, there's, and I think, I don't know how to say this. 
I think that I'm a, I'm a Latino, so I'm yeah. Cuban from Miami. So I, there is no Tyler Perry in the Latino world, and the Latino world has a, it is the the biggest uh, minority will become the majority of this country in the next twenty years mm-hmm. uh, as as population growth continues. It's a ma- I mean they they're partly the reason why the Fast and Furious franchise has done so well. They just come out in droves and they are all film watchers. Like they love film watchers. But it's so difficult to find there hasn't been Robert Rodriguez to a certain extent, but his he's so niche, he's more grindhousey. Yeah. You know, like El Rey is all grindhouse. It's like basically his channel. Like if he wanted to watch a channel, it's not aimed at the Latino uh community as much as it is aimed at us, like the film buffs right. of the world. So there isn't a Tyler Perry for the Latino community. And a lot of people always ask, I've been asked many times at, at, at um, conventions and at uh, festivals and things like, why don't you think there is someone like that? I go, well, being a Latino is very different than being African-American. Because if you're African-American in, in uh, Georgia, you're African-American in New York, you're African-American in California or in Texas. But if you're Latino in New York, in New York, you're Puerto Rican. In Miami, you're Cuban. <laughs> yeah. In Texas and California, you're Mexican. You're right. And, and, and those are very different cultures. They yeah. all have they have a, a, a obviously we all come from the same place, but the culture is very different. I mean, I remember doing um, in Miami. I had to do a lot of com- I did all the visas commercials for Latin America for uh, for years, doing all their posts and, and graphics and stuff. And I would sit there and have to version out thirty different versions of commercials with 30 different dialects mm-hmm. there is the colombian the guatemalan the the spanish the american market latino the mexican market everyone they, because if god forbid you send a commercial with an argentinian speaking in chile forget mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so that kind of separation is where I think it's so difficult to kind of and and John Glegazamo's tried to do it with a, a few of indie, his indie films that he kind of put behind. Um, it's so hard to find that 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 one thing that hits with all Latinos. But whoever can crack that code, it is arguably could be as big as a George Lucas scenario, much bigger than a Tyler Perry because Latinos have a huge, huge. They're they're just becoming so huge and they, if they're big here they could also big being in south america and so on um so that's a that's a niche that no one's really taken advantage of but it's no one's cracked that code and and they believe me there's a lot of people trying yeah yeah it's, as they say and as they say niches are in the riches uh, riches are in the niches that's what they say yeah it's true i like the niches and the riches depends how you look at it that's really funny <laughs> But it's true. I was. I thought you were. I thought you were leading towards. It was a, f- a fantastic analysis of you know that culture to understand there is difference within that culture. Um, but you know, I thought you were going to say, well, I thought you're going to have to like start wearing a dress and go. You're going to go big. You're going to become your own Medea. You know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't think so. Not just yet. I only did that once, and I was young and needed the money. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's funny. Well, we we can wrap up here because actually, yeah. um, I know we've been rolling here, but you're always welcome to come back on and oh, follow up so with much, you man. and um, what's going on with you know Indie Film Hustle mm-hmm. and all the stuff I you're working appreciate on. It. I really, really appreciate you having me on. I'm sorry if I went too long. I just oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm probably going to break it up in part one or two so people get oh, a nice awesome. 45 minute, and then later on they get the other. 45 minutes so um, thank you so much i appreciate that yeah a lot of good information and uh all that kind of good stuff so we can wrap it up here and then um i'll just do a follow-up with the uh what do you call it a little 
off 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 air type thing. Sure, sure. <laughs> but no before problem. we go, but before yes. we go, what do you want? Do you want to say anything to to some filmmakers uh, in terms of? You know, I'll direct them to where to go, like yeah, in terms yeah, of sign up for stuff, yeah. all, all your opt-in stuff like that. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the last thing I would say to any Indian filmmaker going starting today, uh, or even just trying to get into the business, is uh, try to try to build realistic goals. And I'm not trying to say not to follow your dreams because a realistic goal is a dream. Believe me, the business. Um, I've been doing this for a long time, and it is a brutal business. It's absolutely brutal. Um, but it can you can make a bit you can make a living at it with the internet and with all the tools that are available you can do it but come up with a come up with a business model that works for you and remember you've got to kind of crawl or even get out of the womb before you can run and a lot of people just a lot of filmmakers just want to start running which is that lottery ticket um, analogy that we talked about mm-hmm. um, and if they just focus on Step by step. Okay, first I'm going to do this, then I'm going to learn this, then I'm going to do this. And then study and study guys who have done it before you. Just study. this. These there's You can trail base if you want, but that's going to cost you a lot more energy and time than you need to. The trails have been dug in really deep for many of these business plan models. Sure, there's new ones coming out every day, especially with the technology coming out. But follow a lot of these guys' stuff. And if you start thinking that, you know, and actually, a per- perfect example is I had I had a person, and, I, and again, I don't mean to go off a tangent, but I had a perfect. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> but I had a, I had a friend of mine tell me like, because I was frustrated. Mm-hmm. I was frustrated as a filmmaker. I'm like, why can't I get any traction? I've got good films. I've got this. I got that. Why not? And he goes, she told me very frankly. She said, you know, Alex, you're still going after the model of Steven Spielberg mm-hmm. or of Martin Scorsese. You are not in the '70s. You're not going to go down that path. That door is closed. You have to change your perspective. You have to change your approach. At this age, you have to change it. Because if you keep going down, oh, I'm going to do the Robert Rodriguez path, that, that, that's gone. Those, you're not going to be – you can't do what Robert did. I argue always – I always argue today is if Robert showed up today with El Mariachi, he would never make it. Yeah. He just wouldn't. He would be – there's a million El Mariachis now. Kevin Smith might not more than likely wouldn't have been able yeah, to Yeah, he's the first one to admit it. He's like Yeah, he's like, I wouldn't make it today. Yeah. He he was at the right place at the right time. The one guy who would make it is Tarantino. Yeah. It's Tarantino's Tarantino and he's always gonna be Tarantino no matter what era he shows up in. But um so I he's like she's like, you've gotta change your your attack to this. You gotta start looking at this as a two thousand fifteen thing and or a two thousands thing as opposed to a nineteen seventies or nineteen eighties or nineteen nineties thing. And that was the dawn of indie film hustle. That was the dawn of how I started marketing myself. So how to, I'm doing different things with my productions, my my companies, and just started to change. And he's like, you've got to change things. You have to. You can't go at it the same way. So when you're following that business model, you're following that person. As much as I love Stephen, because I know him, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, George Lucas, Martin Scorsese, Chris Nolan, those guys, all of them have their paths that you can't do now it's too difficult and unachievable at the moment because those times are gone they're not ever coming back but the exciting thing is there's brand new things like these youtubers that got three million subscribers and making a living on a day-to-day basis if spielberg was around a young spielberg a a young scorsese a young uh george lucas was around with today's technology in this world 
Can you imagine? Or a Hitchcock, can you imagine? Or a Kubrick, can you imagine what they would have done in this and, and using today's technology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So embrace today's technology, embrace today's paths, but follow somebody, follow, study, study the guys who are doing this before you so you don't have to just beat your head against the wall like like I did. Yeah. <laughs> so that is my that is my um my uh, my final uh my final quote and I will leave you, sir. No, no, thank you. Thank you so much. This, this is fantastic. So um, thanks, everyone, for sticking around. And uh, thank you, Alex. And yeah. I will follow up with you uh, in the near future for sure. Uh, thanks, Matt. <laughs> so that concludes my interview with Alex Ferrari over at IndieFilmHustle.com. If you like this podcast, please leave a ratings and review over at iTunes. Just head on over to FilmTrooper.com forward slash iTunes, and that'll take you to the iTunes page. And you can see all the other ratings and reviews there. And if you leave a five-star rating and review, I will read it on the next episode. So that's it for now. I'll see you next time on the Film Trooper Podcast. Mm-hmm.